In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good morning. especially on this day, because today marks the beginning of our three-week preparation for the healing work that our Lord Jesus Christ intends to do in each of us as we enter in in three weeks to the season of great and holy Lent. A great healing work that Christ intends to do, but like everything else in the Christian faith and our life in Christ, that healing work is going to be utterly dependent on our relational willingness to move towards Him and ask for healing. To let the Holy Spirit well up within us the brokenness that is most truly there in each one of our souls who are here, so that we come humbly in great need to the only one who can do anything about the problems within, the brokenness within. And so we have three weeks to prepare for that great season. And we begin today with the words of St. Paul on Septuagesima Sunday. Septuagesima meaning 70, meaning we're roughly 70 days from celebrating the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And on this day to begin preparing us for that walk in Great Lent, the reality is the words of blessed St. Paul, though it has everything to do with what we're about to enter into in Lent, the words of St. Paul, quite frankly, are Christianity 101. How to live in Jesus every day and every blessed moment of our lives. Because as I said last night in Vespers, and I will keep this before you, the season of great and holy Lent. God gives grace for us to rejoin ourselves to Him, to turn away from the things that distracted us all throughout the year and return to Him in the normal Christian life. To set our feet back on the path and the order that He has established for the healing and deliverance of every soul. That's what Lent is all about, to make us Christian again so that we can receive Him all the more and enjoy all the benefits of His kingdom and His mercy as He heals us. So hear the words of St. Paul about the normal Christian life. From 1 Corinthians in chapter 9. Do you not know that those who run in a race run all, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way then that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run like this, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body. I discipline my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others I myself should be disqualified. That's how we walk. That's how we are graced. Because without the empowerment of God, this walk is not possible. But you just heard how the Christian lives in and through Christ and experiences Him on a daily basis. Like a runner running a race. 
And St. Paul, bless him, he was such a lover of athletics and an admirer of athletes. We know this about him, which is why he speaks in these terms regarding our Christian life. He uses this example of a runner in a race in order to show us how we indeed must press into Christ in the daily with great fervor, with intentionality, by the grace of God to meet our Savior and find healing and wholeness, which is our salvation. And he understood something about athletes. And having coached and been one, I understand this too, but it's something that all of us can understand about athletes, whether you've been in athletics or not. Let me point out a few things that St. Paul knew. First is this. The athlete, both during the training and during the season of competition, the athlete must diligently prepare their body, their mind, and their emotions in order to stand the best chance of obtaining the prize that their heart's after. That's number one. Number two, what this means is that during the training season, and during the seasons of competition, that the athlete, as St. Paul says, must be temperate in all things. That word temperate, let's change the word to even better understand it. To be absolutely self-controlled over ourselves. To walk in grace-filled self-control. The athlete must be self-controlled and temperate in all things. You see, the athlete has two motions, quite frankly, to do in their training and in their competition. One is abstinence. An athlete has to abstain from things by their will. They have to abstain from things. They have to abstain from various foods. They have to abstain from various drinks. They have to abstain from various uh, various actions of the body and behaviors, foods, drinks, things that we do that would hinder the performance of the athlete, they have to completely put them aside, cast them away, and dedicate themselves, which was the second point, because quite the opposite is true. As much as they have to obtain, they have to will towards things. The athlete has to walk in the same self-control to discipline himself or herself in the disciplines of doing certain things that enhance and bring the performance of the body to the utmost level towards training and the competitions. They have to force themselves, and I know this, to eat certain things normally they wouldn't like to eat because they're good for the body. They have to force themselves, discipline themselves into particular exercises on a daily basis that grow the very strength and muscles and endurance for the competition that is at hand. And they have to force themselves to keep a regular schedule and get plenty of rest because the body functions best when it has the same schedule day in, day out and getting a particular time of rest. See, the athlete abstains from things by their will and the athlete presses into things by their will. And that's the only way they can have one hope of obtaining the prize that's at their heart to put them through all of this. An early church father, Tertullian, commenting on what St. Paul says about athletes and our spirituality, he said this, Your master, Jesus Christ, has anointed you with his spirit and has brought you to this training ground. He determined long before the day of the contest to take you from a softer way of life to a more disciplined regimen. 
that your strength may increase. Athletes, he says, are set apart for more rigid training to apply themselves to the building up of their physical strength. They are kept from lavish living, from the more tempting dishes, from the more pleasurable drinks. The more strenuously they have exerted themselves, the greater is their hope of the experience of victory. And if you don't think, my friends, that the athlete who has the prize in his mind and sets himself to abstain from these things and press towards these things, if you don't think that it's a daily challenge for the athlete, you don't know what they go through internally. You see, an athlete is constantly tempted within himself to keep from these disciplines. He works extraordinarily hard, say for two or three days. He's eating all the right foods. He's getting after all the right things he should do for his body. And his body starts talking to him. Oh, don't do that today. Take a rest. It's okay. Drink this. Have that burger. You know, the greasy one. Go ahead. Do it. The athlete is constantly fighting the internal temptations that are working against that which he is striving for on a daily basis. You might ask yourself this question. Why would anybody do this? Why would anybody subject themselves to a more disciplined and regimen life where they have to abstain from these things and they have to press towards these things that are best? Why? There's only one answer for that question, and it's this. Their desire for the prize that awaits them is just that great. The value that their hearts have placed upon that prize is greater than the value of their own personal freedoms. Otherwise, why would they do it? Why? It would be pointless without that. You see, it's the prize their hearts are fixed upon that drives their will towards these things. And that's the only way that it's accomplished. And so, St. Paul says of our faith, he says how he walks in our faith towards this great prize. He said, now they, these runners we're talking about, they do it to obtain something that's going to crumble in the ground one day. But we do it for something that is eternal. Something that is now and not yet. Something to be experienced right now in our lives and blissfully completely experienced in eternity. You see? That's what Paul is saying. And therefore, Paul says, because I have my mind fixed on the daily benefits of the kingdom of God and that which is to come, I fight not with uncertainty. I don't fight as one swinging in the air. But I discipline my very being, is what he's talking about. His body, his mind, his emotions. I discipline them. I bring them into subjection. Into subjection to what? The will of my loving Heavenly Father. I subject myself to Him. And therefore I abstain from these things. And I press in to do these things. Because I know the greatness and the value of the experience of that which he's given me now and that which is yet to come. You know, St. Paul talks about this walk of Christianity of abstaining from things and pressing into things 
And I'm going to read to you another of his letters from Colossians chapter 3. When I read this, see if you can't hear the spiritual athleticism in what Paul is talking about as the Christian calling in life. He says this. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. He sets the prize before the runner. Christ himself and all the benefits of his kingdom. Then he says this to the runner. Therefore, with this prize there, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, that is sexual impurity, uncleanness, passion, evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds, do you hear the absence? The calling so we can obtain the prize. I abstain. I put to death. I put off these things that sorely hinder my running the race to obtain all of the greatness of Christ and his kingdom. But now, he says, here's what we must will to the athlete. As the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. Be merciful to one another. Be kind to one another. Walk in humility before one another. Walk in meekness, which means I will go out of my way before I dare harm you in any way. That's meekness. Walk in long-suffering as Christ is long-suffering with us, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another if one has a complaint against another. Even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which you are also called in one body, and be thankful. Do you hear the spiritual athlete's call? <laughs> My friends, in Lent, we are going to lift a few weights in the gym towards these things. Because during Lent, we're called to both abstain, and we're also called to will ourselves toward virtuous action. We're going to abstain from a little bit of food. And we're going to abstain from certain types of foods. But we're going to increase our prayer and fellowship with God. We will press into Him. And we're also going to be like Him in His benevolence and look around for needs around us and give alms. We're going to live out in our lives the virtues of God. And as we put off and as we put on all of these things that Paul has called us to, by the grace and the love of God and His mercy towards each one of you, will begin to fill us and come out of us. That's what it means that the living waters of Jesus Christ flow in from the believer because they become so filled with Christ Himself. And their actions become His. And their will becomes His, just as Jesus Christ was to the Father. But I want to tell you this. I'm going to tell you something. You are not going to abstain from food. You're, going to, you're not going to succeed at it. And you're not going to succeed at a growing 
prayer life and fellowship with God and the doing of all of these good works of Christ through you without the prize before you? Who would subject themselves? But I tell you that there is a prize. And that prize is so infinitely great. And I want to tell you what my prayer for you is this length, and I pray you'll pray this for me. That the Lord begin to unveil our eyes to see the greatness of the King and His kingdom. Because if we could only taste what is, and if we could only see a glimpse of what is to come, you'd throw the food out the window in a heartbeat. And you would love your neighbor immensely. I want to share with you in closing something that's been with me since All Saints Day. Because it has to do with what is granted to those who remain in Christ and run the spiritual athletic journey. It's from Revelation 21. And it is the longing of my heart. And should be the longing of all of ours. As St. John had the revelation of what is beyond the veil. And the actions of Christ and his love on behalf of all those who are with him. The Apostle John writes, Then I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, preparing, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death and suffering, no sorrow, no crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. That is but a glimpse no one in this room can't tell me that they long for a time, particularly an eternity in our hope, that they long for a time where sufferings from the fall of man have been done away with. There is no more loss and suffering and struggle within because of the flesh. We are released to peace and peace eternal. But I tell you the truth that even as I put the prize, the glimpse of the future there that is to come, I tell you this, that the benefits of the kingdom of God in this life to be experienced as we run as a spiritual athlete, there are every moment prizes to be had. Because the more that we press into Christ, willingly abstaining from these things that are killing our soul and running to the virtues that Christ is that heal us. The more that we do that, we begin to experience the fullness and the blessedness of the contentment and joy that comes from the very real kingdom of God that is not yet to come. For Jesus Christ himself said, it is near now. I brought it to you. May the prize be before your eyes. That will drive you like the athlete to put off and to put on. And may you experience the kingdom of God in the moments that you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.